Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon TCG's premier podcasting duo. My name is J.W. Crewall, and I am joined by none other than, and he didn't want me to say this, the face of competitive Pokemon, Andrew Mahone. You know, you can always count on your best friends to do everything in their power to embarrass you. So, I, See, I, I, said, <laughs> I was saying before the cast that if I say it, then, you know, it's... It's like me saying that LeBron James is the GOAT. It's not like that, JW, and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, how about one of the faces of competitive Pokemon? I'll uh, that we can take. Sure. I think I think that is that is unequivocally true. Uh-huh. This is the equivalent of you coming up to me and being like, "Oh my god, it's Tricky Jim." You know, it's this is something <laughs> that my my best friends do to me all the time. This is the podcast equivalent of that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. To me, uh-huh. you're just, you know, you're just regular old Andrew. Yes. Thank you. Andrew so, from the block. Yes. That's right. That's right. So uh-huh. how have you been, Andrew? What's going on? I'm doing well. Well, but stressed. I mean, it's just, there's a lot going on right now. A lot of travel. Um, a lot of things shifting in the Pokemon community. Um, a lot of, you know, with the Pokemon trading card game online leaving us, the face of my channel is going to change, which is, uh, that's a lot to take in and to navigate through, but I'm happy about it. At the end of the day, I think it's going to, uh, to pressure me to change and evolve, end up being positive, but I think there will be some growing pains as I get used to it. So it's been stressful. Um. but, you know, we're taking the challenge head on uh, as we've taken on any other challenge. So, Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting um, and cool to see how your channel changes now that PTCGO is getting sunset. But we'll talk about that a little bit more later on in the cast. For today, we're going to chat a bit about Orlando, a little bit about what's next for us with Pokemon and, and travel and uh, tournaments coming up. Um And then we'll go into our card of the day, the ad read for Manscaped. And then why we're all here, PTCG Live's imminent, imminent arrival. So with that being said, let's kick it off. How did Orlando go for you, Andrew? We played the same deck as we have all season, uh, Lugia. And it worked out a little bit better for me than for you, but... Give me your thoughts on the tournament and how everything went down for you in Orlando. Well, this is now the third tournament that I've attempted to play Lugia at. It didn't go well for me. Uh, I dropped it two and two. But the season is going well for me so far. This Oh, is, totally. This is my sixth regional championship that I've attended. Uh, you're allowed to have six regional championship finishes that count towards your world championship invite. And I have four pretty solid finishes, a top 64, two top 32s, and a top 16. So I'm halfway to my invite. And at this point, I would like to get a top eight or two. That would Mm -hmm. be great. Really kind of put some icing on top of that, you know, top 32 median cake that I got right now. Um, that would be really good. And Lugia did really well for me in Arlington. Uh, Riley and I, and you, we all played the same 60. 
And Riley and I ended up meeting and winning into top eight uh, together, which was incredibly unfortunate. Very cool. Uh, <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> so, I mean, and I didn't even feel like I had to play that hard. Uh, yeah. To like be in a position where I was, you know, I finished 11th out of over 1,200 players and I, I didn't even feel like I played that hard. I was like, that was just, the deck was just broken and, uh, and it was relatively easy. So yeah. I was like, that's cool. Yeah, we'll just like not do any studying and just kind of try to run it back, jam it in with Lugia like two more times. Yeah, sure. Is what happened because it was just, it felt so easy at Arlington. So... So that's what the last two tournaments at San Diego and uh, and at uh, Orlando have been, and they didn't go very well. So I'm uh, about ready to trade in all my Lugia stuff. I think I'm over it. I, I don't think I'll ever play the deck again. Well, that's my what you said. That's what you said at at uh, Orlando. You said I am just going to sell all of my Lugias back to full grip. Yes, 100. Uh, percent My first three regional finishes of the year were with Mew. Mew just feels better to play. Yeah. Uh, the deck just draws more cards. You feel like you have more control over the game. Um, Lugia, I mean, you're barely drawing any cards. Yes, you have to make good decisions, but then at the end of the day, sometimes things just aren't drawing correctly, and um, sure. and there's a lot of Lugia mirrors, and it's just it doesn't feel uh, worth it when everybody's playing the same sixty. So. Well, and, and that's interesting though because we played a list that was not very well teched for mirror. No. And I do feel like that because I think at least one of your losses, maybe both, were to Lugia. One. One. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah, I wish we'd played choice belts. Like, like I said, I don't really feel like I did my homework. You know, uh, I didn't grind out Lugia mirrors. I just kind of was going with the flow. We played choice belts in Arlington, and you know, uh, went slightly positive in the Lugia mirror in Arlington, and then. You know, Riley and I decided not to play them in San Diego, and then we just kind of stayed with that again since Riley almost made top eight in San Diego. And, you know, it didn't end up going very well. So I, I think I'm kind of cool on the whole Lugia thing anyway. Yeah. And to be honest, it's hard for me to invest myself into... I mean, I've been playing the game for over 10 years at this point. It's totally. hard for me to, like, get, like super duper sweaty over a format that I'm kind of indifferent about. And that's just kind of a situation that I'm in right now. It's hard for me to get amped up and motivated for like the Lugia dominant loss box dominant format. Um, because it's just, it's not really doing it for me. What know? about the format is different than past formats that you you've enjoyed? Well, I'm uh, just not feeling like there's the most recent formats that I enjoy are actually gym leader challenge. So like, sure. Gym Leader Challenge is like is a is a game that I'm very much enjoying right now because I feel like the player that is more I feel like the player that is more experienced knows their deck better and knows their matchups better and knows the card pool better is going to have the upper hand, you know, in a Gym Leader Challenge match more often than that player is going to have an upper hand in standard. I feel like it's uh, the the playing field is just like very leveled in standard you could play against someone who just started and and it's like it, it, there's only so much that you could work with with your decision making a lot of games feel like they're kind of checked out and over on turn two so that's been frustrating me i, I feel like yeah. uh so much of the game comes down to what happens on turn one turn two and then you can either be totally out of it or totally dominating it 
that early on in the match. Well, yeah, certainly one of the things that I appreciate about Gym Leader Challenge is that there's more turns for things to matter, right? Yeah. So in standard, like you said, a dominant opening usually leads to a player being able to close out the game without too much comeback potential from the other player. Um, that's not necessarily the case in other formats, but I've enjoyed, you know, I certainly think back to like the GX era where yeah. you have these Pokemon that evolve into two prizers as opposed to being, you know, two prizers at the start of the game. So I certainly, you know, echo what you're saying there. There's a lot more time that you have with these other formats that we don't necessarily have in the current standard format. And it's like, I don't think that necessarily like single prize decks are what make a great format or mm. whatever. It's, it doesn't have to be just, and I think a lot of people kind of misconstrue that, that, oh, well, I just want it to be all single prize uh, decks for single prize decks. Not at all. Uh, the Sun and Moon era was, you know, my favorite modern era, the like XY into Sun and Moon era, that kind of, you know, 2017, 2018 um, where you had just like a healthy mix between like basic basic decks, stage one decks, stage two decks, two prize decks, single prize decks. And you have just like a really healthy mix of all those things. Just creates a very unique and interesting format. I also, uh, I, I miss that sense of discovery. It just doesn't feel like there's anything in standard right now to discover. I mean, remember at, at Richmond, dude, like we got mm -hmm. to kind of get in the lab and make this deck that nobody was expecting and you won a regional right right like that that was an awesome experience and i had so much fun diving into that format and trying right. to crack it because yeah. it felt like it felt like there was something there to discover um which i guess is some of the excitement that i'm getting out of gym leader challenge right now it feels like there's things to discover but in standard format i haven't felt like that there's been a lot to discover lately so yeah, I feel that, especially with the online tournaments, kind of, yeah. quote unquote, solving the format um, right. very quickly. Yeah, that makes it really tough. So you finished two and two in Orlando. That's kind of an interesting record to drop at. Can you talk a little bit about some of the pressures that you feel as uh, someone who's so involved in the community um, to go to a tournament and not even technically be out of it by round four, but still feeling like, eh. I don't want to play or, or it's just, you know, maybe a little bit too tough mentally there. Yeah. So it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint is the kind of way that I'm looking at it right now. Like trying to find my way to a world championship invite in this season structure. That doesn't make any sense. I think like 500 championship points, like are they trying to make it the most exclusive world championship in a decade? You know, or have they just not updated it? Are locals coming back? Like, there's so many unknowns and mm -hmm. stressors with all of that. And then, like, everybody's got their own expectations for themselves. And I'm a very competitive person, um, you know, which is what led me to, to play cards in the first place. I just like competing. Um, sometimes I feel like I probably hate it, but, you know. It's right. some, some mix of the of the two, which I feel like is probably, <laughs> is probably relatable for most competitors. Yeah. Um, but I guess I like competing, or I am very competitive for one reason or another. So I, uh, I, my expectations for myself are almost like I, I almost impossible to live with sometimes because uh, I just I never stop pushing myself to try and achieve like. Uh, 
the next level or push myself to what I, the ends of what I can accomplish. And it's just the way that I've always been. Sure. It's, you know, what led me to become a national champion runner when I was in college. And it's what led me to be able to have this career in content creation and streaming and making YouTube videos. But then it's like you. So it's a, it's a blessing. Like it's led me to a lot of really great places um, and given me a lot of opportunities. But I, I God, I wish I could just turn it off sometimes because sometimes yeah. it's it's so hard not to just like beat myself up about underperforming or not living up to my own expectations or um and and things like that so sometimes like at a tournament if it's like if it's not going you know my way or whatever uh i just had like a couple of things you know needed a game-winning card in game three against the lugia mirror round one and just like didn't have it and then lost that set and then beat a duraladon beat a reggie uh and then was playing against another duraladon and like had to research for the game winning lost vacuum in a pretty small deck and like didn't hit it. And yep. then my opponent needed to not have the game winning boss the following turn they did. So it's like, it, it yeah, it's like, okay. Um, I could either like really try to white knuckle this out and like grit it out and win the next five games um, with this Lugia deck that I'm kind of already mentally checked out of. Or I could just say, you know what, uh, I need to make sure that I give, you know, that I'm taking care of myself, like mentally this year in totally, that, totally. you know, and that I can take some just time. I went, I ended up dropping and I went for a run in Orlando. Like yeah. I went, I yeah. ran three miles. I got to just kind of hang out with some people from the community that uh, I hadn't met before. Just people from like the Tricky Gym Discord and stuff like that. So so it was nice to like kind of get out of it for a minute. And thankfully I have that luxury to be able to do that. Um, since I've been traveling with full grip games, um, they pay for the hotels when I'm, when I'm sure going with them to a tournament, flying to Orlando is relatively cheap. Dragon shield pays for my tournament entries. So the sure. overhead for these tournaments, you know, for like some of these tournaments is yeah, low, it's, so it's like, right. So it's like, okay, I'll go to another one, just pick it up and, and try again later. Absolutely. Exactly. I also yeah. imagine that the, that it can be hard with the kind of parasocial relationship that you have as a Twitch streamer with your viewers, with people coming up to you all the time and saying, Hey, how's your record? Like, Hey, how you doing? You know, and, it, and it's, they, they don't mean anything negative by that, but that's got to take a toll on you as well. Like you have other people's expectations to live up to. Yeah, uh, it actually drives me nuts. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of the one of the last thing. And I know people mean well, but like if I'm not doing well, the last thing I want is like a dozen people coming up to me like, "Hey, Mahone, how's it going?" Like really bad. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want horrible. To thanks. It. Yeah, horrible. <laughs> thanks. You know, and it's just like and after like maybe the seventh time, it's like I'm just trying to walk from one side of the convention center to the other side of the convention center. And it's like, how's it go? What's the record? You know, 2-2. Uh, it's 2-2. Yeah. It's yeah. not good. Yeah. It's not my day. You know, and it's just like right. by the sixth or seventh time, it's like, I need to get out of here. You know, I, I, I feel to- like you need like a like a placard or something. I was thinking about that where you could just wear something around your neck and then just update, you know, your record so that you don't have to tell people what it is and they can right. just read it across your chest. But yeah, that I mean, that's got to be. It's really just difficult. like, you know, it, it's one thing to deal with like your, 
you know, to deal with your not living up to your own expectations, like internally and personally is like one thing, but to, to kind of, to deal with that publicly and yeah. with people that you don't really know constantly is, is like a very odd and mentally strenuous thing to have to do. Yeah, um, totally. So it's, you know, it's, 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 you know, I'm totally blessed to be in the situation that I'm in and it's like, I can't complain, but, but sometimes as a competitor, it gets to me and I have to just vacate the premises. I have to leave. Yep. Yep. Totally. Yep. Totally feel that for sure. Uh -huh. So in Orlando, 2-2 draft for Andrew. I ended and up making... how did you do? Yeah. Yeah. I ended up making day two. It was really, really um, nerve wracking day one. I ended up taking a tie to uh, in round seven that I should not have taken, but it was against a lost box player that just, you know, I mean, just with that deck, there's just so many actions that you take. And I, I don't necessarily yeah. think that they were slow playing, but um, certainly there were a lot of these decisions where I'm kind of just like, you know, sitting there like, man, if I'm in that position, do I, do I think I could have made that a little bit quicker? Uh, but anyway, we, we took a tie there that was just heartbreaking because I was one turn away from... Yeah the win. And it just, you know, you always think about that. Should I have scooped uh, earlier in the game that I lost? Um, you know, could I have called a judge over whatever? And then we get to round nine and that was um, an absolutely unbelievable comeback that I had against a Lugia player. Uh, they played great, but it was just one of those things where, you know, I had to retreat an active Lugia. It was my only one in on the field. I, I ended up going first in game three, but I couldn't get the Lugia V star off of my research. And so I had to retreat into a Manaphy. And if they have boss, that's pretty much it. Uh, they end up having to swing into a Manaphy, which was pretty sick. And they go up by three prizes in this game. I make an epic comeback and uh, make it out of day two with a 6-1-2 and two record. Now that they said... They two with 6-1-2. and two. Yeah, and then how did day two go for you? Didn't go very well. Yeah, ended up... Ah. Yeah, eight four, three or something like that. So it was a, it was a rough day too. Um, had some games where it was just, you know, uh, similar to, to your experience uh, against an Arc Duraladon, missing that one card, you know, in game three, it was prized and it's like, okay, if that's not prized, probably win this one and, uh, prize my last loss vacuum. Sad. Um, took a loss to a fusion Mew as well. That was pretty difficult to, difficult to take given that we played the Drapion V. But all in all, solid tournament. Not the result that I was hoping for, but um, at the largest regional ever, finishing in the top, you know, ten percent. Not terrible. Not not an embarrassing showing. Not an embarrassing showing. Although I'm still waiting for that spike. Yes. You know. I I hear you. I hear you. I was really, I was really. I felt like for me it was like Arlington. I was like, wow, I'm just gonna cruise in. This is gonna be sick. And then yep. you know. Uh, and then just things things happened and uh, decided to scoop Riley into top eight instead so I could catch my flight. But it's uh, it's all good. You never know. You never know mm -hmm. when that day is just going to happen. I certainly didn't think that Arlington with Lugia was going to be, you know, my best performance of the year so far, but it just was. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'm really, you know, looking forward to the new format, looking forward to Scarlet and Violet. I think that... For me, uh, I just kind of need to, I need to not worry about, you know, uh, not worry so much and just play my favorite deck. 
I think. Just play the deck that I like the best and not try to overthink things. Uh, and that, you know, especially in this format that I'm not particularly fond of, I, I think mm. that'll probably um, lead me to at least have the best time and give me the most... Um, I'll have the most desire to want to fight myself out of these, you know, maybe tough starts if I'm playing a deck that I really believe in. So Sure. So, a.k.a. Mew. Ah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this brings us to our card of the day. Andrew, I know you have one cooked up for us. Let's do it. Something, you know, memorable, maybe a card that you've played with in the past or a card that's of uh, particular relevance to your journey in Pokemon. What do you have for us today? Embor from Legendary Treasures. Oh, baby. What about this Embor makes it special? All you got to do is take one look at it, JW. It's a family boar. This is an Embor that knows the importance of a close family. It's surrounded by its loved ones. And if you read the flavor text... It says mm. it can throw a fire punch by setting its fists on fire with its fiery chin, and it cares deeply about its friends. You know, in Pokemon, it's all about the friends. So this card means a lot to me, and it's also a card that I finished in the top four of a regional championship with in 2014. Very cool. Rayquaza EX Embor. So, and did you did you play the legendary treasures print? I did. Yes. That's so, so sweet. Some fond memories of piloting this card as well. And uh that was one of my favorite decks of all time. So definitely. Yeah, it's I mean it's a super fun, it's a super fun uh archetype, right? Anything with Embor was at the time. I think I'm sure the popular way to play it was with the uh Rayquaza, but you can just flood the field. The Embor has ability that allows you to just attach as many fire energy as you'd like to your Pokemon. And so yeah, I mean, did you let's see, I'm trying to think what else was in that deck? Did you play like was superior energy retrieval legal at that it time? It was. So you used rare candy to evolve your Embors into play. And this version of the deck that I top forward with was before X and Y came out. So Delphox was not out yet. So this mm. was a deck that ran a 1-1 Electrode line. Uh -huh. uh, it was like the Electrode with the ability that lets you fill your hand to four. Mm -hmm. So it played that. It played Superior Energy Retrieval. It played Tropical Beach to, you know, fill your hand early on. It played Skyla, like four copies of Skyla so that you could go get your rare candy Embor combo and um, pop off, start drawing cards. And it was a lot of fun. I ended up losing a close match in top four to Plasma, um, mm. a Plasma deck, and then the Plasma deck ended up losing to Aaron Tarbell, who won the regional with Blastoise. But uh, early on in my Pokemon career, I uh, was very fixated on decks that accelerated lots of energy into play. That was... Kind it's a game-breaking mechanic. Yeah, that was my thing. I wanted to play decks that just flooded the field with energy and took big one-hit knockouts. Uh, Electric was my first, you know, big favorite deck. Then it was Blastoise, and then when Verzian Genesect came out, I switched to Embor because, you know, they didn't have that weakness to grass like the Blastoise did. So that was kind of my early... Pokemon trading card game trajectory, which ended with Embor. And then after 
after that, I felt like I kind of had to reinvent the wheel, refigure myself out, and figure out how to play decks that didn't necessarily accelerate a ton of energy into play. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's pretty common for a new player, right? They pick some kind of general archetype and they just yeah. stick with that for a while until they realize, oh, yeah, you know, uh, maybe it would be better to switch into something new or maybe this other archetype has some better matchups that I want. Yes, yes. For like the for, for years, it was just like, I'm just playing this deck. There's no <laughs> what deck am I playing for the region? I was like, oh, I'm going to play some iteration of my Embor deck or some iteration of my Blastoise deck. Yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. That's awesome. Yeah, it yeah. makes it easy. It, it, makes it, it easy. does. You don't have well, to think I'm about it. To, I'm trying to go back to that. Um, <laughs> now, actually, it's, so I'm, I'm actually They're coming full circle. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to revert a little bit. And there's no more question about what I'm playing. I just I know what I'm going to play. It's just how am I going to play it? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing that you should not have to think about is the product that you use to shave your beard and balls. Manscaped is the presenting sponsor of the Tag Team Pokemon podcast, and they've just released a new product, the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. When I got this in the mail, I was stunned when I opened the box to see all the various accoutrements that come with this kit. It's got your beard shampoo, your beard conditioner, your beard balm, beard oil, and a couple of combs and brushes that uh, will make your beard feel nice and ready to go. Not to mention the actual razor. Now we've been promoting uh, the uh, many of the other Manscaped razors here on the podcast, but this is the first one specifically for your beard. So if you have a luscious beard that you need to take care of, I would recommend none other than the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. So head on over to manscaped.com, use code tag team at checkout and you can get yourself 20% off plus free shipping. That's code tag team at checkout for 20% off plus free shipping. Get yourself a Beard Hedger Pro Kit today. And thank you so much to Manscaped for presenting the cast. Andrew, let's discuss PTCG Live. We, we had we had known <laughs> we had known that this was on the horizon and and I feel like you know myself included but a lot of us were kind of thinking that it would make sense for the Pokemon company with a new you know series coming out the Scarlet and Violet card set that they would transition over to PTCG Live as the sole online client. Uh, you know, and it wasn't announced until last week that that would be what they were doing. They were going to be sunsetting PTCGO. No new sets are coming out after Crown Zenith on the client. So I guess you'll still be able to play, but without anything from Scarlet and Violet. Give me your first reactions to that sunset announcement. Yeah, it's something that we all knew was coming, right? I mean, at this point, it's been just such a long arduous process with the whole thing uh you know when the pokemon trading card game live was first announced i think i was immediate my immediate gut reaction when i first saw it was like oh no and like how does it look so bad um you know and what what is this so those were my like initial reactions, but I tried to just like say like, all right, well maybe it's just like 
you know, personal taste aside, like let's let's actually dive in and see like what's what's under the hood. You know, maybe there's some stuff under the hood and graphics could be updated later. Maybe yeah. there's some like good solid core stuff under the hood. And as we, you know, started to kind of dig around under the hood, there wasn't really great stuff there either. So it was just like it, it's just been uh it, it's been really tough to navigate as a content creator, something that we were all supposed to be excited about. And then ended up being like a big letdown for the community um, with more questions than answers. Like, how did this thing come to be like this after five years of development? Um, you know, how did it get here? <laughs> and yeah. Why is and why is it? Here, what what like were the this. decisions that were made? You know, because obviously yeah. this had to go through multiple processes, many yeah. different hands, uh, yes. many different approvals, many different, you know, leads on this project. And we're here. Yeah, so we're here. So it's like, it's been a weird year um, where at first it was like, I was one of the first adopters of the Pokemon Trading Card Game Live. I tried to switch my channel over to the Pokemon Trading Card Game Live and ditch PTCGO right off the rip. I was ready. I was like, let's do it. I wasn't necessary. I'm not attached to PTCGO. I, I, it's a very yeah. like, middling client. There's really, you know, uh, I don't have any sort of serious sentimental, you know, uh, attachment to PTCGO. Uh, if you were to give me something, you know, adequate or better, uh, sure, I, I'd take it in a heartbeat. But uh, so I, I left PTCGO like it was an old toy. I didn't care about it anymore and was ready to dive into live. And after about a month of, of existing on live and creating my content primarily on live, uh, it started to wear on me in ways that I did not realize <laughs> that, that it was going mm -hmm. to. Uh, right. The game became painful to play, painful to trudge through. Um, visually, it actually started giving me like migraines, um, it started making me nauseous, all the different animations that the cards do from sure. spending if, when you actually get to spend hours on it a day, I realized that it wasn't actually sustainable as a content as like, as a, as a client to support my content and therefore to support my career. So, so I ended up switching back, um, after, you know, after, after trying it and, and realizing that the game was not not even half baked like you know maybe uh it felt like it was in like a very serious alpha stage not nearly ready for uh for beta release, testing right. or fully release or whatever mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and and realized that it wasn't stable enough to support content creation so uh so that was just it was very frustrating it was embarrassing as a content creator to like go into something embracing it with both arms like this is the new normal this is the new direction we need to all go here and then to feel like a fool uh for doing that it was mm. embarrassing uh, yeah. like i it was embarrassing because it happened so publicly it happened you know with all my viewers like we can't this thing isn't stable enough for us so i had to you know run back like with my tail between my legs and i and frankly i felt silly doing it but we had to and i think that after letting all of my opinions out about it and after making sure that uh, that everybody at the Pokemon company kind of knew how we the players felt about it, uh, which you can see by watching any of the videos that I've released on it or by reading any of the 
Google reviews or Apple reviews of the client. If you're interested in what people think about it, it's not very hard to find out. Um, you know, it's it's funny that you say that. Live currently has a 2.3 star review on the iTunes store and a 2 star review overall on the Google Play store. And I thought I'd bring up some of the reviews that I saw um, from from people. Here's one. Playing this game makes my new iPhone 12 heat up like crazy. I've never had a program do that to a device before. Not like this. Pokemon has been developing video games for decades and has had years working on PTCGO successfully too. How is this app so terribly made? How? Visually, I am not bothered by the fact that it looks nothing like you're actually playing a tabletop card game, but I have many issues with the many visual bugs and terrible UI. On top of this, it's greatly underdeveloped in comparison to its predecessor. And a third comment. It usually won't even open up the title screen before crashing, after which you have to re-enter all of your login data. The one time I got it open, it was ridiculously laggy with unflattering UI to boot. Once this thing gets patched and optimized, I'll redo this review to reflect that. But until then, my verdict is that this app is borderline unusable. Yeah. So the point that I'm at is that I deemed it unusable and uh, I, I deemed it inappropriate, right? It's inappropriate for me to share my love of the Pokemon trading card game through that app with hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, and it's, inappropriate for me to stream that app to thousands of people um who might be watching for hours on end it's just it's inappropriate for you know ptcgo was at least like appropriate enough for the thing i was trying to use it for but the pokemon trading card game live would be inappropriate to try and use it for what i used ptcgo to do because it's not uh it's not a smooth enough ride right Mm -hmm. it's just it's just not. So it would be inappropriate for me to try and uh, make a career out of that application because it's just not a good application. You wouldn't stake your career on a on a sinking ship, right? Right. I mean, look at the review. Why would I stake my career on something that's so widely panned? Right. <laughs> you just yeah. wouldn't, right? Totally. Totally. So, uh, so for a while, so yeah, you know, the first reaction to live was like, uh, ah, yikes, right? And then it got to the point where it's like, all right, I expressed myself. I let, you know, what needed to feel like we let the developers and let the Pokemon company know how we felt about it. And then it was like, all right, well, let's just pretend it doesn't exist. Mm. And so I tried to do that pretty much all through the fall and through the winter. And it was just like, let's just like kind of keep doing what we were doing. And who knows how long they'll they'll string PTCGO along. And yeah, that was like a nice little kind of vacation where we were able to kind of just pretend nothing was wrong. And <laughs> mom, mom and dad are just, you know, it's one last final vacation before the divorce kind of thing. Yep, yep. You know, you know but then the time came where they're like, yep. all right, well, we're actually going to do it. We're going to pull the plug. <laughs> uh, after a year, I mean, they were planning on sunsetting PTCGO, I think, a year ago. Yes. Yeah. Which, so that's wild to me considering that there have been very few updates made to the game in a year. Well, I think that's what's so disheartening is that in the year that we've seen it in beta development, it hasn't actually, like, I'd argue that it's gotten, like, worse in a lot of ways. Oh, in what what ways? Well, now the animations run the entire time. You know, they Mm -hmm. used to, animations just used to, like, flash onto the screen uh, when, like, you put a new active out, but now they just, now there's, like, a, 
uh, an insane animation going on in the background the entire time. It's it's actually it's hideous. <laughs> and I, I don't know who thinks this looks good, but it's like absolutely nuts. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it, it's fine. So there's two <laughs> ways fine? that we can Is go about this. <laughs> I can either, you know try to just pretend that live is ptcdo and and just try to trudge through it but ultimately i feel like that would kill the vibes of my content because i would just it's like it it would become like me trying to drive to work today in a car that doesn't really drive good and then just me constantly complaining about the car that doesn't drive very well right or i could try to just uh go a completely new direction so i think I think I'm in the process of trying to go a new direction, which is exhausting. Well, it's a lot more work for you, right? Because we've mm -hmm. talked about what the new direction of Tricky Jim is, and it's a lot more focused around tabletop gameplay. Yeah. And while that's um, a noble endeavor, and I think ultimately, you know, hopefully you and everyone hopes that it, you know, works out for you. It's just, it's more work to produce. It's more uh, effort. Yeah. It's more money. It's more time to produce this kind of content, but that's where you think the future of your channel is, lies. I don't feel like I have a choice. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, so yeah, it, live feels like a sinking ship. Like, why would I? Why would I? You know, I, I'm not gonna stay shackled to a sinking ship like that. Um, I need. I said this before, my content, I'm not going to allow my content to go backwards, right? I'm not going to allow it to degress. I'm not going to allow it to, um, you know, we as Pokemon trading card game players have kind of worked through the Pokemon trading card game online through its infancy into its current stage for the last 10 years. We've mm -hmm. kind of ebbed and flowed with it and grew with it. And now it truly feels like live is starting at square one. It, it feels like it's back in 2011 and the team behind it is figuring out everything on the fly. They don't have any of like the industry experience that they need uh, to kind of see things coming before they happen. And I, and I don't want to say that, but it's like, it, it does feel like that. Uh, it feels like we're back in 2011. As someone who kind of lived through PTCGO's development the whole time, it feels like we're all the way back there. And you know, maybe we will have a really awesome client in like five to 10 years, but I don't feel like it's appropriate for me to skip backwards, you mm. know, five to 10 years in time with, uh, you know, with my content personally. And then also just from like kind of an existential perspective, like how long was I as a content creator going to make a silly deck on the client and sure. laugh my butt off playing a silly deck. Oh, and they're like... right, right, right. Exactly. I mean, you're getting, you know, you're getting up there. You're approaching 40. Whoa. <laughs> so, right. You know, I mean, and, and it works for, for a lot of people and it's been kind of a part of your brand for a while, right? Make yeah. silly deck, create, you know, kind of crazy off the wall combo. And maybe that's not necessarily where you see your channel in the future. Oh, I think that, I mean, the tabletop content is the content that I'm the most passionate about, and it's expensive. I, mean, I have to pay someone to to play with me on the feature table. 
Uh, I either have to edit the video myself, which can take upwards of eight to 10 hours, um, or I have to pay somebody to do that, which can cost between a hundred and two hundred dollars because you're paying them for eight to 10 hours of work. Right. Um, and it's, it's a lot. Um, and the thing is, is that I used to use the easy content to create, which is the PTCGO mm -hmm. content. I used to use that content to fund the content that I was passionate about, sure. which is the tabletop content. And it was kind of like a, you know, maybe a 70-30 split on the channel, maybe 70% PTCGO videos, 30% tabletop videos, because that's just what made sense. Um, now I'm trying to figure out other ways to... You know, how do I create live content? I used to just press, you know, go live and I would just, you know, mess around on the client for, you know, PTCGO for five, six, seven hours or whatever. And just like kind of with no direction, no plan, just play around until I find stumble upon something interesting or stumble upon something fun. So now that's kind of changing. Now it's like I might do three hours of live a week. I think I said that I don't think that I want to I don't want that I don't want the application to take up any more of my time or my channel's identity than that. Mm -hmm. We'll kind of treat it like reaction content. We'll hop on. We'll see how it's working. We'll see how it's been updated. You know, we'll follow along with it. Kind of like reporting on it. You know, maybe mm -hmm. we, you know, find some fun content on there from time to time. But uh, I don't want to pressure myself. Like, if I don't feel like playing one week, then I won't. Right. So my question is this. With the focus shifting to primarily tabletop content, we're already in an extremely niche hobby. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I say extremely niche, but competitive Pokemon cards is is niche, right? Compared to just like openings or, um, oh, yeah. you know, the video game or anything like that, right? We're, we're clearly sure. like among the smallest of, of the Pokemon sub communities. Um, and then to go further into a further niche of tabletop gameplay, I feel like there is um, even, you know, you're shrinking the pool even more. So my question for you is, do you think that shifting the channel to tabletop only gameplay is going to pay the bills. Is that wow. going to be enough for you? I mean, because <laughs> I, I, I mean, frankly, you know, you have the market cornered on tabletop gameplay. Like no one else is really doing it. I mean, you might have like webcam battles and stuff, but I'm um, certainly like the production value is not really matched by anyone else. Um, you know, you're, you're able to run tournaments through uh, full grip that no one else is able to do. And no one else is really able to come close to. But all that said, is it enough? Is tabletop gameplay enough to make the channel successful and to, you know, to, to pay the bills, to, to, you know, feed your family? Good question. Well, that is, you're really getting it. You're really getting into the meat and the potatoes of what makes this a stressful situation, JW. Yes, yes. <laughs> you're really and I don't, and I don't mean to... You know, because I, I have confidence that you'll figure it out. I really do. Um, yeah. But it's just uh, as as kind of an outsider looking in, it seems like a very, I wouldn't say, you know, Herculean effort, but it's 
so much different and i know how much it how much time it takes to edit videos and things like that and oh, yeah. I, I think you know the average person is just like well okay yeah sure you know he can do it but there's just so much more overhead that goes along with it so that's what um, i'm saying like dude i've been i've been at the office today since 9 a.m and it's mm -hmm. 10 it's 10 16 right now i had been at the office i took an hour break for lunch um but i had been there i streamed for a few hours and then I sat down and started editing that tabletop video. And it took me all the way up with my hour lunch break, took me all the way up until 9 p.m. So I was like, you know, and, and I just am almost done now. And I had started the video yesterday. I probably I put a handful of hours into it yesterday. So that's one. And as I do it more and more, like I'll get better at it. But it also is just an extremely laborious, extremely tedious process. So. Yeah. Let's talk about how feasible is it. Now, there are uh, there are some Japanese YouTube channels that do uh, exclusively tabletop uh, Pokemon TCG content, but in Japan, uh, they do not acknowledge or recognize the Pokemon Trading Card Game Online or the Pokemon Trading Card Game Live at all, which I think is really interesting. Never once has the Pokemon J Company Japan uh, mentioned those online clients and they don't uh in fact if you go to the pokemon japan's website and you look up how to play online they will show you webcam matches uh and like right. how to right. how to set up your phone to play over web webcam so they actively like actively are not working towards an online client and want people to play in paper in japan which i think is novel and noble and cool and i actually kind of love that so I actually, I wouldn't mind at all if there was no online client. I know that's crazy. It might sound crazy to a lot of people considering that I've made a career out of using the online client. However, um, I do believe that at its core, the Pokemon trading card game is a tabletop gaming experience. And I don't see myself as a video gamer. I see myself as someone who enjoys playing trading card games. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think that there is a, a big distinction between those two things. I wouldn't have gotten into the Pokemon trading card game um, as as deep as I would have if if it was just a video game. That's sure. not who I am or what I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. So thinking about this from a career perspective, though, uh, there are the Japanese YouTubers who who do pretty well uh, with YouTube content. But the the kind of kind of atmosphere around the Pokemon trading card game is different. In Japan's more tabletop focused. And I also don't think that the uh, YouTubers who make these, um, you know, YouTube tabletop videos in Japan, I don't know that they do it full time. I think they have other means of work um, because I don't think that those YouTube channels uh, could sustain two people's livelihoods because the channels have to be a pair, right? Because you're playing tabletop. So they're not doing it full time. So for me, how do I do it full time? Well, as it is right now, um, I make a living, a third of my living comes from Twitch, a third of my living comes from YouTube, and a third of my living comes from Full Grip. And then any work that I get from the Pokemon Company International is kind of like on top of that. Mm -hmm. So what I need to do is I need to figure out how to continue producing um, enough content on Twitch to keep my, uh, I guess, uh, to keep myself afloat there right, right. so i i can't 
I can't just like leave Twitch behind necessarily, uh, and I don't plan on it. Um, I can stream tabletop content mm -hmm. live, which is what I do because almost anything that I do now, I do it live because it just—it's much more efficient. It's so much more efficient. So. Even if I'm doing things like set reviews, I do it live. If I'm doing a tier list, I do it live. If I'm doing uh, reaction content, I'm doing it live, right? So like mm -hmm. everything can be done live. So when you look at it that way, it's like all that stuff is live five days a week. I've got two tournaments happening here at Full Grip Games a week. I can stream both of those. So that's more content. So the, the real... The I can get enough tabletop content out there. So then the question is, will enough people watch a right um, or uh, will I be able to afford to get enough of it edited for the YouTube channel? Right. So. Uh, some of that's like a, a we'll see. Yeah, we'll just we'll just, just see how try it, goes. it. See how it goes. You, yeah, you see how it goes. I think that one of my plans is to have like one stream a week, kind of just be like a a morning show kind of stream where it's like, I don't open the game at all. It's just a, it's just, just chatting stream where maybe we do tournament recaps. We talk about, you know, maybe we react to stream matches from regionals. We do tier lists. We do stuff like that, you know, sure. stuff that could be on a podcast, but I won't have anybody podcasting with me. Just like a just sure. chatting stream. Sure. So we'll do like one of those a week. I'll stream the full grip tournaments. You know, those are two days a week. I'll hire one friend out, either Jesse or Will or Zeely, to like play tabletop with me a week. That's four days right there. And then I could play live one day a week. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that seems like a pretty good content split where you're not just solely focused on the tabletop. I mean, that's going to be a big part of the channel. But do you see yourself? Oh, I, it just sounds so tough. Like, I feel like I would get burnt out spending 12-hour days at the office with all the editing and uploading yeah. that you'll have to I'm do gonna, with tabletop. Going to have to hire an editor. It's just what it is. So okay. I, you know mathing it out like if i hire an editor to edit like two videos a week and i pay that editor 150 bucks a video it's like that's 300 dollars a week that's 1200 dollars a month uh that's you know about 15 grand a year if i plan for that i can make that happen i just have to like plan for it so, will those videos make back the money that you invest probably not <laughs> I mean, maybe, but that's the thing, like in some sort of way, they make back money by, uh, by advertising for my sponsors. Sure. Um, they may not make back $150 worth of ad revenue. Um, I, I think like my average video these days probably makes about a hundred dollars in ad rev. So mm -hmm. like if mm -hmm. I pay someone $150 to edit it, I'm out $50 there. But then you take like the general kind of all right so then say like if i that's if i'm hiring a someone an editor to edit two hundred fifty dollar videos a week sure say say i'm hiring an editor to do one a week and then i do the other one a week like you know then we're in a better spot it's all something to think about 
I don't know. <laughs> what is your what is your mental health like? I know you said you were stressed, but really though, what what are you thinking? What what is what is your headspace right now? Well, some nights I've had trouble sleeping. Yeah. 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 But and then some nights I get into like uh a creative mania and I like my mind is just like racing with like various ideas and things we could do. I've brainstormed just about every possible avenue that we could take with the channel um, and ways that we can do things. Uh, I have a lot of faith that it's going to be okay. Um, I do feel confident. Uh, I don't feel like I'm at the end of the world and that, you know, everything's about to fall apart. Sure. I feel very confident that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and that, um, and that everything's going to work out. I have the utmost confidence in full grip games. I mean, they're always here for me. Yeah. Uh, as yeah, well. That's huge for sure. It is, it is because I'm not, I'm never truly alone. Right. I have the backing of the shop and the shop is doing better than ever. And, mm -hmm. you know, I've been a part of that and it's not just because of PTCGO. Like, um, you know, I, I can, I'm confident that I can make magic happen without PTCGO. I'm totally. confident enough in my abilities as a content creator, confident enough that I can figure out how to make it work logistically. Um, you know, like, frankly, I've, I've been doing pretty well for myself the last couple of years through the pandemic. Like if it, right. If, if right. the over, if the overhead on, uh, you know, my productions goes up a little bit. Like mm -hmm. it's not going to kill me. Yeah. It's going to totally. be okay. Totally. Yeah. I just have mm -hmm. to, might have to move some numbers. around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fudge, fudge the, the spreadsheet a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the craziest idea that you had? Like you've been thinking, I'm sure nonstop about how to uh, change, how to improve the channel, different things you could do. What's like a crazy idea that didn't end up, you know, All right, so like, I was like, okay. So like, I was like, all right, well, I need tabletop content. Mm -hmm. So what I can do is I can have leagues around the country film themselves and then deliver their footage to me. And then I can stream myself commentating over it. And that will be that would be cool content i mean in a way it's not the it's that's that's a pretty idea. good idea that's like crowdsourcing the content crowdsourcing the content so i was like all right so here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna buy a couple know, cameras cameras and i'm right. gonna set up i'm gonna i'll fly out there i'll set up the lights i'll set up the and you know if you got a pop in league like i'll produce it you know you just got to send me the footage and then and then I'll uh, I'll produce it for you. So that's like a that, that's a pretty out there idea that I had. But then as I was kind of getting down the rabbit hole with that, I was like, I already got two leagues a week happening here at Full Grip. Let's just start with that. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure, right. Like, let's let's just work on producing those first. <laughs> <laughs> but I am confident that if I needed more con, like if I needed more content, I could find it. There are people all over the country playing cards all the time. Right, right. And so it's, uh, I could crowdsource, you know, I could. Do you think that this shift to tabletop gameplay primarily for your channel is going to stay 
that way in the long term? Like, let's say miraculously PTCG Live um, meets your standard. Would you go back entirely? Or like, what does that look like? Let's say it, it gets better. Would, would you shift? Uh, would you shift things back? Well, I guess I kind of have this vision and this idea that all right, you kind of think, I don't know what I'm going to do in five years. I don't know what I'm going to be doing in two years. I don't mm-hmm. know what I'm going to be doing in three months. And that that's kind of just how you exist as a content creator in this kind of space. And I'm very comfortable kind of existing in that kind of space. Well, I've gotten comfortable existing in that kind of space. Creating content always feels like it feels like you're surfing or something or you're snowboarding. You're kind of just riding a wave. Right. And it's like you don't know exactly how the wave's going to turn or whatever, but you have to respond to it and you have to be good at responding to whatever which way the wave goes. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how a content creator exists. You can't just you don't have like a very rigid surefire plan of how things are going to go. You don't know exactly how it's going to go. You just have to be good at responding to the things that happen. So uh, I'm very fortunate that, you know, I've had these kind of uh, experiences to learn from as I've gotten to the point that I'm at now. So now I would it would be foolish for me to say, no, I'll never go back and create content on the Pokemon trading card game live. That's that's silly. Uh, I would never say never. However, I do have this kind of idea in my mind that how long am I going to be a, a Twitch streamer playing the video game? You know, right. Uh, what's my shelf life? How, um, as you approach 40. Yeah. As I, <laughs> I'm 34 <laughs> years old. Right. So what's it like? How do I, do I stream the online game for 10 years? Yeah. I've right. been streaming it already for almost five. Right. You know, do I do it for five more years? Do I do it for until I'm 45? You know, I see myself kind of evolving into, a production manager mm-hmm. kind of role. Um, kind of like how musicians will end up being producers. Sure. I kind of see myself existing in that kind of space for full grip. Um, I could be a content manager at full grip. I could be a production manager at full grip. I could be a stream manager at full grip. I mean, it's like uh, full grip is, is really... It's what's happening right now. There are so many cool things happening here at the shop and so many opportunities. And I've learned a lot. I've gained a lot of skills with producing tabletop content. And that's the thing is I think that there are jobs and opportunities for people who are producers and who create, you know, visual content like tabletop content and things like that. I could get a job or I could do anything with that mm-hmm. you know but being some dude who plays a video game on stream there's, there's that's more than a dozen everybody you know anybody with a webcam can do that sure so uh so i would like to personally evolve into uh something that is more unique right. a tabletop producer right. um does that pay the bills i don't know <laughs> Uh, but I'm, I would like to try and find out. So that's where we're going to go. Well, that's so exciting. It's really been fun, Andrew, to hear you talk about the future of your channel. Um, it's been a little depressing, I gotta say, just because of how, um, 
how disappointing I think we all feel, or, or many of us feel the new client has been. But this has been some good insight. I, I really can't wait to see your success, your future success. And I, I'm putting that forth into the, you know, into the universe, the manifestation of the tabletop being unbelievably successful for you. Yeah. I mean, I'm thrilled about it. We've got exciting things happening here. I'm building a new stage right here, right beyond my camera for league players to play at. I've got a new backdrop. I've got a new giant gym leader challenge shine that I, you know, commissioned to have made. It's neon. It's going to be, you know, it's going to look insane. And then Full Grip is renovating an entire tournament hall downstairs. Yeah. And it's going to have a stage specifically for producing tables. I mean, so like I want I want two days a week at Full Grip. I want to be able to produce like lights out content that is like the best looking tabletop content anywhere on the Internet. I want to be able to do it two days a week, every week. And I think that, you know, does it exist right now? Is it a feasible way to make a career right now? Not yet, but as someone who's a creative, is someone who's is just like, well, let's make it. Yeah. You know, let's make it desirable so that it is sustainable. That's kind of the goal that I'm at right now. And I've got a nice cushion with full grip backing me, which is going to allow me to take those kinds of risks. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, if you're listening, make sure to, you know, support Andrew in as many different ways as you can, because this is groundbreaking, new, different, fresh, exciting. And I can't wait to see where it goes. So thank you so much, Andrew, for joining the podcast. This has been Tag Team. We'll catch you next time. Peace.